Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast. Is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment. Oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 312, episode 2 of <laughs> The Daily Zeitgeist! Yeah! A production of iHeartRadio. Miles is currently doing the little head tilt that dogs do when they're puzzled by your behavior. Yeah, well, hmm. some, just look, like we said in the trending episode, Daylight Savings, it, it, it comes for us all in some way, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, hey, Miles, this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's yeah. shared consciousness. Yes, 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 do we yes. still want to do that? Yeah. I guess that's kind of the premise of the show. I guess we have to keep going. Yeah, well, this one's specifically American, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going oh, to yeah. Gonna have to open our eyes to some things today. It's Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Oh, yeah. 11-7-2-3. This is kind of a bummer day. It's International Merlot Day, National <laughs> Canine Lymphoma Awareness oh, Day, fuck. National Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. Like, that's it. That doesn't, that's, we don't need that. International no, Day of Medical Physics. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that hopefully that's not the pseudoscience, but yeah, <laughs> love it all. Love it all. Uh, oh, pra- National Retinol Day for all these skincare people out there. I practice medical physics every day, bro. <laughs> that doesn't that sound like some fucking yeah. Aaron Rodgers ass shit to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm immunized. I, I'm uh, immunized. Partake, partook in some medical physics and yeah. uh, things are good. On but this end. luckily for us, it's it's. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's all about physics. How physics play into patient care. There you go. So yeah, hope. And I, from my understanding, physics is a pretty nailed on science. It's not like people are like, nah, not the yeah. way I fuck with it. When you drop a rock from a high height on a patient, it hurts us. Exactly. Thank you, Doctor. Physics. Thank You're you. welcome. Uh, well, my name is Jack O'Brien, aka. Making my way around clowns, walking fast, faces passing, I'm sure bound. Swear I don't need depends, just another day, another day proving it now. I'm gonna keep doing And I piss them, and I pee them, and and now I wonder if I could go back on that ride. 
do you think I could convince my <laughs> wife? Cause you know I'd do a thousand trials if I could just oh. keep my pants dry. Uh, that is courtesy of Rezik on the Discord. Uh, thank you for, you know, keeping this embarrassing incident from my past top of mind. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, aka I am Doll Bones, Mouse Bones, Bat Bones, and go to the chorus. Yeah, it is really guano. <laughs> okay, shout out Nicole Adrian for that whole rendition. Uh, doll parts didn't do the there whole thing because I couldn't, man. <clears throat> man, hitting all the Courtney love. I, I, I don't smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes anymore, so I can't quite get that rasp out. But shout out to you, Nicole Adrian. And plus, I just nailed mine so hard that it would have been hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That was like. I forget. It's like I remember. No, 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 no. You know the That's musicality like, yeah, involved in that. I did the equivalent of pulling up like during a sprint because mm-hmm. I knew I was getting beat and I didn't want to yeah. have that L. So I just went, ah, my hammy, my hammy, my hammy. We saw the smoke trail behind yes. my vocals that opened this episode. <laughs> Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by today's special expert guest. He is the senior researcher of U.S. hate and extremist movements at the Institute for Strategic Dialogue. Uh, to quote Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. hold on to your butts because it's the return of Hultamania. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Jared Hall! Jared! Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, I kind of feel like the janitor at the end, like when you go see a concert and all the lights come up and like after those musical renditions. It's just, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, hey. Hey. Oh, oh, hey. Uh, Sweeping up around here. Oh. Don't have to go home, but uh, you really shouldn't stay here. You guys left a lot of little plastic bags on the ground here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, huh. another one of those shows, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Jared? Hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Where are you coming to us from? Chicago. Moved here a couple uh, years ago, and uh, it's getting a little cold here, but love this city. Yeah. The old 213? 312. Three, one, two. Damn yeah, it! Yeah, that's so close. Hey, it's okay, man. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we only we covered this yesterday. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> literally. But, yo, so, Jared, what's like? Because you know, when we first started the show, we had you on when you were working at like Right Wing Watch. I remember. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, you've there's like a whole lane to be somebody who is so well versed in like extremist semiotics and monitoring extremist movements that like I just feel like you're always moving up. And I'm like, this is this is fan. I love the glow up, but it's always on the back of having to have your head in some of the dark shit all the time. But you're doing well otherwise, despite this career path. I just want to make sure because the work you do is fantastic. And the work that your colleagues do is fantastic. I could never imagine being disengaged with it, even at the level we do. But but shit, the, the level that like you guys do is completely it's like completely different. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. I I appreciate all that. It's uh it's really interesting cuz I started doing this kind of stuff full time something like 8 years ago. Right. And I felt like when I was doing it then, I was like the crazy guy on the town square being like, "Hear ye, hear ye. Please pay attention to this shit." <laughs> right. And now it's just like I mean, I guess I'm glad it's recognized, but it is really unfortunate that you know, in the grand scheme of things that it's necessary. Yeah, yeah. But so long as I can help, you know, that's I, I, it's like a calling of mine, I guess. And 
I I don't know. There's it's really dark, but then there's like a little bit of gallows humor that keeps me coming back. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> would you say like just kind of having uh, taking a step back would January 6th be the thing that like made sort of the mainstream world take right wing extremism more seriously? Was it was it happening before that? Was it Charlottesville? What what was the kind of overall pattern? I I mean, I think Charlottesville was sort of the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, there were a few really, really horrible extremist mass killings. That's when you had like the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. Right. Christchurch was that year. And then I think for, you know, the normies of the world that still didn't get it somehow. Right. It's kind of hard to think of a more powerful image than, you know, QAnon ants and car dealership uncles radicalized by the internet, you know, right. smashing through the halls of Congress. I think that was pretty hard to, you know, look away from or or write off as like, oh, well, it's just some weird fringe, you know, when, yeah. it's, and you're like, when it's right oh, there in your face. That's my fucking uncle. Fuck. <laughs> I, d- I remember how recently it was like such a fringe idea. Like even, even after right-wing extremism was responsible for the Oklahoma City bombing it was just like there was nobody looking into it even after trump got elected like there was still like right just people weren't taking it seriously well, as a threat it's because we have such you know white supremacist reflexes that were right. like them no well, no they they're like nice kids they, just, they have yeah. tackies on okay right. and they're they're not they don't look that imposing now this group of people with these signs over here i don't know what's yeah. going on it may have to do with their complexion i don't know Mm. But yeah, like I feel like that always has that's always benefited, especially like right wing extremism is their whiteness of or just not whether not being taken seriously or this idea of like, oh, it's nothing. It's just don't worry about that over there kind of shit. Well, I mean, it still does. Right. I mean, I think about like even in the field I work in, which is weird to call it a field now. Right. It's every once in a while you'll catch, you know, after some mass shooting or, or big event in extremism land. A bunch of people trying to offer up all these like different competing theories as to why it happened, whether it's, you know, like economic hardship or whatever. And it's like, right. We, we don't, you know, as a culture, we don't cut this slack or like right. try to, you know, do armchair psychology over other stuff, you know, and it's, right. it's, it's always interesting to me, like where that gets applied, because that's one of those, I think, kind of subtle ways that, you know, living in a culture defined by white supremacy like comes out even in the field that you know is hoping to try to counteract some of that right 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 exactly but how did they grow up though these skinhead kids it's like well it it doesn't matter because hold on hold on yeah exactly (laughs) let's get to the point here the point is he's a skinhead now and that you know oh you hate to see it don't you you hate to see it i feel like that's like what people would say like in newsrooms like ah you hate to see it just these nice kids going want to foul but yeah got a lot right. to talk about today though. yeah we got a lot to talk about we're gonna get more into this and the rest of the show as it applies to this present moment and the near future yeah but before we get to that uh we do of course jared like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are or what you're up to so the revealing one is just me typing in random celebrity names because i don't follow celebrity news at all so anytime there's like some name i don't recognize that 
people are talking about, I just assume it's some celebrity and I have to look him up. And then my reaction is usually either like, oh, I think I've seen that guy before. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't, I don't know who that is. Okay. Oh, well, right. you hit us with your who? latest. Like, yeah, who's, who's, who's the biggest person list? you've had to look up recently? Uh, it's like Margo. Some Robbie? Margo Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who that was. Jared. <laughs> I know. I love this. How recently? My man, like, yo, my man into... is it's so wild. You're like, Joey Gibson? I'll tell you when he was fucking born. The dude yeah. who fucking started Patriot Prayer. Wait, who the fuck is Barbie? Yeah. Right. I know. I know. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. I no, know. No, 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 I'm not even saying it. Just, it's just wild, though, like how much. Oh, wow. I, in a way, that's also, it's a blessing, too. Right. That MBU, you, sir. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just like don't watch a lot of movies and I always feel like, you know, I'm missing out on this big like cultural thing, but I I don't know what it is. Maybe the internet has just like destroyed my attention span or I get right. like or, paralysis trying to pick something to watch. I but I just don't I'm not caught up with movies, so like these big names I just don't recognize them. Sure. You know? It could be forgiven because you're out here looking at the iterations of third wave fucking white nationalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that coming in from a long distance here right now. Uh, but what is, what is Paw Patrol? Is, <laughs> right. Is that Wow. And so Wait, do you feel what, like how, because I think there's probably a lot of people out there who are like, I envy you. I wish I could be unplugged from all the bullshit. Not, maybe not everybody, but like, do you feel lost in a lot of conversations? What, like, not knowing who Margot Elise Robbie is? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like to go to like trivia with my mm-hmm. friends, like uh-huh. every every couple weeks. And whenever the questions come around, and it's like, uh, who was the actor of the year from 2018 who starred <laughs> in? And then they'll the just like year. they'll just say like <laughs> the movie. Right. I'm just like I don't know what. <laughs> right, 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 right. What movie is that? And they're like, oh, it's Transformers, dude. He... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I remember one. Uh, yeah, actor of the year, actor of the year from Transformers. <laughs> See, I just hope. Isn't there like ever a moment though where you can stunt with your like broad sweeping knowledge of like historical facts and like context, where like yeah, you're not yeah, just that- being like. What did Ross say as his excuse for going outside of the relationship when he was cheating, quote unquote? It's like, I don't know what that is. Do you know the is. answer to that, Jared? No. What we were, we yeah. were, we were on a, on a break. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, nothing. Just nothing. You, you guys don't need to dunk on me. Just let me talk more about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> That's amazing, though. No, but it's, where does it? But does it pay off? I mean, because, I, dude, I know you have such an infinite wealth of, like, just actual functional knowledge, especially when looking at the current hellscape that is, like, American culture and extremism. But, like, tell me that you at least flip it up on, switch it up on and be like, y'all need to come to one of my trivia nights. Oh, yeah. I, so I do well with the historical stuff, but where I think maybe a lot of people watch movies and stuff, I'm really into music. So, oh, hell yeah. Okay. So I can do music trivia pretty good. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Good, good, good. So like I wanted to make sure you have some kind of like creative thing you could look at other than trying to be like, what does this Peppy the Frog mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Which artist created? Let me count the fingers Which AI on this. Bot? Yeah. No, I, that's great. Like I honestly, so much of my brain is just regurgitating like pop culture quotes and bullshit and like just at random, like, yeah, you know. 
we're so someone's like, let's, let's take a quick break while I'm like, you know, my, my wife and I are running. And she's like, let's take a quick break. And I'm like, we were on a break. Why? Why oh, wow. did that? What's, wow. Yeah. That and didn't see, help. That resonated with me. But Jared is like, okay. And? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shut, <laughs> maybe shut up. It's my wife's response. You should listen to her. Yeah. What's, uh, what's something you think is overrated, Jared? AI. Like what, mm-hmm. what people call like AI. It's going to be the future. It's like a lot of the same guys that hawked you know, the like bored apes and the NFTs and stuff. They're all yeah. about AI now. And um, like a lot of that technology is impressive, but if you like, it still just screws up all the time. I, I think of all the pictures where it's like, uh, we used AI to see what, what kind of skateboard George Washington would have ridden. And <laughs> George Washington has like five legs. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. It's like, like, yeah, I don't know about that. Or, oh, dude, I knew he'd skate Alien Workshop, dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or, or, or like news outlets that are like, oh, we're going to use AI and it's going to like generate the shitty clickbait or whatever that actually pays the bills on our blog. And right. then the, the article is just like, did you know headphones can help you listen to things from your phone? And it's <laughs> yes. like, I'm, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> You're like, what's this article about? Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's it's just I the technology is impressive, but I think the doomsayers and the people that are like, this is going to change the world. Maybe it will, but we're not like it's it's not there yet. You know, I think the biggest risk is this technology getting forced through before it's ready by the people who want to get rich on it, you know, and, uh, you know, but generally speaking, I think a lot of it is like razzle dazzle without a whole lot of stuff to like back it up. It's yeah, not like yeah. AI is actually conscious or if we're anywhere close to anything like that, you know? Yeah. And the I razzle mean, dazzle sucks. Like when somebody does razzle dazzle in sports, it's like, man, that was a cool like little magic trick they did. The razzle dazzle in AI fucking sucks. It's like, <laughs> yo, the Pope is dripped out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's okay. the one. That's the AI's one good piece of work, I will say. They're like, but, yo, that jet puffer that he was in, though, fucking ill. Did you wait? Speaking of Bored Ape, did you see how they had like a Bored Ape convention in like yeah. Hong Kong and all the people got their eyes burned by UV lights? Yeah, yeah. And th- oh they put my. out some statement this morning that's like, uh, we're aware of eye related incidents. From <laughs> the- <laughs> it's incredible. People were like tweeting. I don't know. Did, did you see this, Jack? People yeah, went I saw to the, the dance party dude. and people being like, this is not how I would want to be blinded. And I did, <laughs> I did not know what they were saying. So I thought they were just like, I don't know. But yeah. it was a, I was like, man, I got to invest in this so I can get all the inside jokes that these people are <laughs> Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, you actually have what's called welder's eyes. <laughs> like, from not wearing a fucking mask, fam. Is that that's real? The, yeah, that's what the, they're, they're like. It's like, yo, this shit is called welder's eye. Dude, can, you, mean, believe, can you believe they only paid a hundred grand to get welder's eye? Yeah, I know. Wow. Right? Oh, my God. What a deal. It, it's yeah. just, it does, like, I don't take that much joy in it because they're just like, no, they... Getting dunked on while losing Multiple so times. much money and just tripling down to get welder's eye. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because you feel bad. Like, you've been, you got got like multiple times now. It's like you got got by buying these board apes and then you go to the thing that's supposed to be with you and the crew and then you're getting welder's eye at the fucking dance. Oh, yeah. Dude, the best reaction I saw to it is this writer that I really enjoy, uh, Molly White. She like pulled, you know, posted a picture of the like avatars of the, the apes with like laser beam eyes and she was like you know i totally 
misinterpreted this. I thought the lizards were coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know you were getting freelance LASIK, you know? Yeah. Ambient LASIK happening all around us. The most, yeah, imprecise LASIK you could have. It's really just called photokeratosis or keratitis or something like that. (laughs) Welder's eye. That sucks. What is, there's also like, I've seen ads for things that are like, I stand with like crypto and various things like that, like trying to turn the failure of that product into like a movement where people are. I I feel like I saw that right after the, the attacks on like October 7th. Oh, really? If yeah, felt, yeah. I don't know. It felt like you were co-opting that language for some really fucking sad way to be like, yeah. I stand with crypto. Okay. What? Anyways. Uh, I stand with the bag holders. It sucks, sucks for y'all, honestly. Truly. Me, I, I stand with J.P. Morgan Chase, you know? That's, there you go. There that's you go. That's Mutual funds. That's what well. I stand with. They, they've been around, guys. They've been around so long. They were handling slave money, okay? That's right. So I think they know, they've, they know what they're doing if they've lasted this long. Jared, what's something you think is underrated? I'll say Chicago is a city. I, I feel like it is underloved, but to me, it's like it has a lot of the stuff that New York promises, but you can afford to live there if, mm. if you, you know, have a normal job. And mm. there's also just kind of like the, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's how I grew up or whatever, but I just really vibe with the Midwest spirit of like just being kind of down to earth. And like, there, there's just not a lot of bullshit flies here. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are pretty straight up and generally nice, passive aggressive, like any good Midwestern uh, town, but yeah. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's, uh, you know, people can kind of see how it is here and city has a lot to offer. I moved here a couple of years ago with my wife and love it. So I, I got to rep Chicago. I've lived here just long enough to be able to, you know, call it home. So yeah, there you go. Got to rep it. Yeah. I love Chicago. My, my dad's family moved to LA from Chicago. So like we, I have, I have those roots there too, but I really, the last time I went was like in 2020, like like in like right before the pandemic started. And I remember having like the same thing where I'm like, man, I, I've been like I would go as a kid, but I hadn't gone as like an adult really who could like go out and like, you know, like like, oh, I'm gonna go check out this restaurant or do other things. And I was really like really realizing like, man, I was fucking sleeping so hard on this shit because I was like I came back and like, yeah, so we should just move to Chicago. Also, I can wear <laughs> Everyone's like, you're going to hate the winter. I'm like, I want my legs to fucking snap off from the <laughs> wind, okay? And I know people are like, yeah, wait till it happens. But allow me that ignorance so I may experience it and then come back and say, yeah, yeah, that was a little too much. But we went there, like, during, it wasn't it wasn't the summer. Like, so, summer Chicago make you fall in love immediately. Yeah, We, we yeah. went there, I, oh, yeah, I forget the, when it was. I think we were there in January. <laughs> yeah, it was not. I was, so. And then I went back for all, when the NBA All-Star game was there, that was February. So you've seen what Chicago has to offer in terms of making your legs snap off. I guess uh, I was like on some like uh like episode two of Lord of the Rings. Like I was like, is this all you can conjure, Saruman? <laughs> like, because it wasn't that bad. But at the end of the day, maybe that was a blessing. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, get into it. We'll be right back.
Zeit gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it, you know, like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business, take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, how to bustling retail business and i need you know maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street take credit card payments whatever and i know shopify is easy to use half the time i buy something online i'm like oh yep they're using shopify and if you need to learn more check out their website it's super easy to navigate whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or again looking for hardware to make sales easier shopify.com has all of that just go there check it out so sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash tdz all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And... Season 5 promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island, and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're back. Mm-hmm. So, Jared, something that your institute has been talking about is sort of some of the opportunism happening from the extreme right. It feels like there are like avowed anti-Semites that are using the current situation in Gaza to like kind of get their message in under the radar to people that are merely trying to learn more about what is happening on the ground. Are you are you seeing a lot of this kind of opportunistic rhetoric happening both on the side of anti-Semitism and then kind of in other ways on the side of Islamophobia? Yeah, definitely. I mean, any kind of like major cultural flashpoint like this is going to be a, a big like source of opportunism from extremist groups. And on the Extreme right, we've seen, you know, 
neo-Nazis, white supremacists, you know, all kinds of folks that have these really sort of ingrained anti-Semitic beliefs trying to insert themselves into the conversation. And, you know, they sort of rehearse these talking points for so long. They are absolutely obsessed with Israel and that sort of stuff. So now that that is in the news, you know, I think some of them have been able to, you know, get on platforms like Twitter or I guess it's X now. Don't even, don't even. And, it's and, still Twitter. And, and uh, you know, kind of convey this false sense of authority, right? You know, and, and maybe they get people in by, you know, just kind of sharing news about what's going on or speculation or whatever. Right. And then, you know, if they get people along for the ride, then, you know, that's when the, the real shit comes out. You right. know, this is, and, and these kind of opportunities, you know, I think back to when I started and, you know, I was hanging out on 4chan during the Trump movement and whatever. And, you know, to this day, there's this obsession with like red pilling. Not a lot of people like call it that explicitly anymore, but just seeking these little opportunities to like plant these little seeds and try to take these social movements that have a lot of emotion, you know, that are maybe debated or less clear on facts in some cases, like in this one where there's like both a time zone gap and also just a disparity between like the amount of reporters on the ground that are able to get good information and like have it bounce through and then wind up in a U.S. audience, you know, in that gap. That's where they're trying to to leverage things and, and get people, even if, you know, they're not going to go to like a pro-Palestine protest and walk away with a crowd of 2000 neo-Nazis. You know, they want to at least get some of the uh, some of their ideas, even just slightly more popularized because that has the effect of sanitizing them. Right. When they come out, maybe they're a more extreme version of it. But if people are acclimated at the very least, even if they don't totally believe it, it's still gives them an advantage in the discourse and like being viewed as legitimate or being viewed as, you know, being reflective of how people secretly really feel right. is, is like the greatest gift in the world to extremists. Because I feel like, who's that? Was that one guy, Benny Johnson? Like, oh, who, clown, clown. Yeah. Like, I felt early on, he was like tweeting things that seemingly like appeared objective like about like policies of the Israeli government. And then people were like, dude, this guy is fucking a trash racist. Like, the, like, hold on. This people that this dude is getting a ton of retweets right now. Know that this person has like his does not have their head in this for the right reasons. He's purely here to like insert himself to get an audience that is eventually going to switch a certain way. But like when you when you guys do an analysis, you were obviously you're saying like you're seeing like an uptick in both Islamophobic posts and anti-Semitic posts. But you're also very you're careful to do the thing, which because right now I feel like we're in this environment where people are conflating Israel with the entire religion of Judaism or right. conflating a call for a ceasefire to be anti-Semitic. But how do you get like so in that analysis, what were you guys even finding from 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 like what's currently happening? Yeah, so. Doing analysis over like several platforms on social media, there's no like totally perfect methodology. Sure. So these are like approximations based on like collections of keywords we put together and then sort of culling and refining, you know, getting the, the trash out of the data and that sort of stuff. But we're seeing increases to the tune of something like 400 percent or like two and a half time fold when it comes to anti-Semitism. But 
yeah, we try to be really careful in doing exactly what you just said. You know, people criticizing the government of Israel is not like inherently anti-Semitic, right? So mm-hmm. that should not qualify. And and again, like you said, calling for a ceasefire or, you know, that sort of thing is not necessarily like pro Hamas. Right. right. I, I think the powers that be like these militaries and stuff, right, would like love for us to just be like at each other's throats, you know, and, and failing to see this like middle humanitarian ground mm-hmm. of being like, what if killing innocent people is bad? Right. Right. Period. Yeah. What you if know? we were just and, against that? Yeah. What if, thing? what if like children didn't have to die indiscriminately? Right. Like right. that's, but you know, in, in these situations that that sort of headbutt that's happening is just like producing these huge rises in online rhetoric that's like very specifically Islamophobic, very specifically anti-Semitic. And those trends are also reflected in some of the early like offline data we're seeing, you know, leaders of synagogues getting targeted, people showing up to pro-Palestine protests with weapons, like just north of Chicago and Skokie, someone showed up with like a it's like a paintball gun. Type. It's like a less than lethal gun type thing, mm-hmm. but it still managed to like terrorize the crowd and all that. Right. So it's, you know, that conversation that's happening online is also reflecting itself in real life. And, you know, if you're a member of either one of these communities, maybe rightfully so, you, you would feel a little bit on edge. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure adding to that, the utter lack of moderation on Twitter, it's just like, it's just a free for all. And I know you guys are pointing out that there's a 422 percent rise in the use of anti-Muslim language on X since the start of this. And yeah, like I, that's why, like when I first reached out, I was like, I'm really curious to get your perspective on this because I can I already was seeing like at the, the start of this that there were these like people. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know that handle, but for bad reasons, like I'm pretty right. sure this person is a scumbag like neo-Nazi. And then those just like kind of sanitize their avatar to be like, oh, I'm wearing a suit. And I have this like I have an Israeli and American flag in it, but I'm also doing this like really like really opportunistic shit. And I can just see how because of how charged the entire situation is, it must be like a ve- like the like extremists must be just like rubbing their hands together to be like, oh, we can really take advantage of this in in either direction, really. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. like if I mean, if you look at the you know, explosion of the hospital in Gaza, for example, that was that was like a really good example of the information gap that they're exploiting in this situation where there's reports of this explosion, you know, uh, some initial remarks, both from, you know, government over Gaza and Israel newsrooms in the U.S. are trying to figure out what the hell is happening. A few of them fall like flat on their face. A lot of details still aren't clear. But in that gap, you know, which can be several hours, if not days. And, you know, I mean, we don't we still don't have like the most insane. Like if you're taking this position of being like inherently skeptical of like government claims. Right. Like as far as hard concrete, this is one, two, three. What happened? We still don't have that. Right. And that gap is where the opportunity lies for these folks, because they can come in and say, you know, you should listen to me because X, Y, Z. And right. while you're here, I've got all this extra shit to say. Right. And then that's when they're getting sort of their. They're coming in this with ulterior motives. Is right, what I'm right, saying. right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
the conflating of anti-Semitism and criticism of the Israeli state is where a lot of these extremists are thriving. And then on the side of Islamophobia, as Miles mentioned, your, your organization found a 422% rise in the use of anti-Muslim language on Twitter since the start of the conflict. But it's like it feels a little bit different there because so much of the U.S. government and like mainstream media's official default position like since 2001 right. has been, had a lot of Islamophobia ba- baked into it. So like, how are you guys? It, it seems like that this is metastasizing. Islamophobia is metastasizing in real time as this conflict is happening. How, how do you see, how do, how do you kind of track that? And, and how are you seeing it change currently? Yeah, so the the numbers are, you know, an analysis of data that we're pulling off platforms using, you know, both third-party tools, tools we have, methodologies we have in-house to do this kind of stuff. But when it comes to, I, I think what you're speaking to, Jack, is like the mainstreaming effect of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that's a lot harder to track. We are like actively at the drawing board on that. Like, how can you quantify or like, illustrate in a unobjectable way or undisputable way a mainstreaming effect so that's kind of a work in progress but i will say generally to see this kind of stuff also reflected in institutions and from individuals that should know better and have a lot of power and sway in society is totally disappointing and a lot of research shows that when people in those positions of authority in a society make positive statements, you know, condemning this sort of thing, discouraging Mm. people from engaging in violence and that sort of stuff, it actually does have an effect on people. Yeah. So it's, to me, when I see that kind of stuff reflected, I just think it's like a forfeiting of a certain moral responsibility that as a leader in a society, I think you should be compelled to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rather than like, yeah, sharing. we're seeing people resigning from the New York Times for expressing opposition to the killing of innocent Palestinian people. So, yeah, it's a it's a crazy time. Your organization recently re- released a report about white supremacy 3.0, which got me excited because I thought there might be some crypto that I could purchase involved <laughs> with this because Web 3.0. You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Those yeah. prices are low. You got to buy the dip. You know what well, I'm you, saying? You lost so many, you know, you lost so much money on the apes. You know, I, yeah. you, you got to exactly. find out. You got to figure out how to make that bad. I yeah, told just, him, I said, there's some racist imagery in that shit too, Jack. I don't know. I said, I'm blind right now. So how am I going to see <laughs> I that I got shit? welder's eye, man. I don't <laughs> I know what I bought. Eye, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, this is, it is wild because, yeah, like, seeing this idea of white supremacy, white nationalism 3.0, like was like okay wait so we're we're talking about third wave racism basically so 1.0 being what like skinheads like that era which was that what we call 1.0 so 1.0 1, 1. is yeah kind of the old school before yeah. people started doing pointos um right. i guess <laughs> yeah beta uh yeah. you know the 1.0 or i guess like alt, like alt right 1.0 that would be like the Countercurrents blog, Vidare, Richard Spencer's of the world, because right. that was like, you know, these kind of like older folks, a lot of them were writers and whatnot. 2.0 would be 
you know, sort of like Charlottesville and what happened after that. And a lot of 1.0 types were like part of the 2.0. It's not like these are completely distinct groups right, or right, right, movements right. or whatever. And then like a, a 3.0 now is, you know, kind of its own mess. I, I think it maybe makes sense to think of it less in terms of like generations and maybe more in terms of tactics. Right. 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 Yes. Like, this like is the version one was all about like propaganda, you know, small groups on local levels, whatever. 2.0 was, you know, that big attempt to go mainstream, really soaking in the Internet, using that to full advantage. And then this 3.0 is almost like a little bit of return to form going back to that local model, but with like a whole host of baggage that came from like the years before. Right. Because like even the term, right, is coming from their movement. It's not something you guys like yeah, coined yeah. this term. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like we came up. We came yeah, up. Yeah, it's with like this for thing. their own internal purposes. Like we need a white nationalism 3.0 for lack of a better word. And like for them, the aim is sort of to be able to make this their their ideology basically palatable to normal people is like kind of like a huge part of this 3.0 push right yeah yeah and you know you would think that but actually it's you know our it guy called us and was like hey we've we've got the latest update for white nationalism oh we have to refresh okay. your computer We're yeah 3.0 so <laughs> i need you to sign on to team viewer now or send yeah. desk and i'm gonna walk you through is this a scam no but like yeah like it, it feels yeah, like yeah. Like, to your point, like, the tactic now is like, okay, maybe that didn't work. What we really need is to be able to just kind of blend in and seem normal so this becomes an acceptable kind of ideology to subscribe to. And they have very, like, their tactics are different now, too, even for recruiting, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so uh, the report we're talking about is about something called active clubs, which we can talk about in a second. But more generally, in the white supremacist movement and just far-right movements overall, they've kind of realized something that the evangelical right has known for decades that like any effective organizing in, in the last few decades has understood very acutely, which is that winning a national office is hard. Running right. a candidate for president is hard. You know, uh, even state government positions can be tricky. But school boards, city council, you know, like trying to get a sheriff in, right. like a lot of these are local elections that are won by, you know, in a lot of places, you know, maybe not a Chicago or in L.A. or whatever, but like a, a lot of places in the U.S. can be won with like a, a matter of a few hundred votes. Right. So there's more opportunities to take power there. Right. And then, you know, by harassing these low level governments, and threatening people, showing up at all these meetings, you know, going nuts, creating a hostile environment. A lot of these folks that ran for these local offices didn't sign up for that shit. Right. They don't have resources to, like, be safe when that shit's happening. Right. So a lot of them resign. Like, a lot of election officials on the county level have resigned, uh, yeah. you know, over the last few years. I just saw a report about that recently, yeah. about how there's a lot of election officials that are resigning. People like buckle up for 24 then because this is exactly the kind of situation like extremists want. Yeah, because there's a big opening. Right. And, yeah. if, and if these offices are easier to win, if it's easier to get their policies through, like their dream vote policies or at the very least smacking down policies they don't like, mm -hmm. you know, that if that happens at scale. Then the idea of national candidates of, you know, big organizations 
starts to become more feasible, right? It's it's like the most time-tested way to gain political power, which is start at the bottom and work your way up. Right. All right, let, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll keep talking about this strategy and uh, we'll get into active clubs. We'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring the Kardashians, of course. And... Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER And we're back. And so a lot of what, what we're talking about is like this opportunism to try and like show up at these Flashpoint media events and what, where they think cameras will be to, you know, make themselves appear more numerous. Like we, we've talked before about what, what's the mother's group? Mothers that, for like, Liberty. Yeah. Moms for show, Liberty. Or moms yeah. For moms Liberty, for yeah. Liberty that like. Oftentimes, you know, they're, they're not very numerous, but they show up at other people's school board meetings. And that that happens at a lot of these. Like people are showing up at protests who don't have kids going to that school. Yeah. But they don't like, even live in the county. Yeah. But they're spreading that ideology around to make it to make it seem like it's more common. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I part of the calculation there is that they think oh, maybe all inspired someone else to do this too right yeah yeah and, and, and then a lot of it 
is just like bolstering influence because it's it's about creating like a certain perception right because if you're maybe less so on like neo-nazi groups for example but like if you're a moms for liberty you can maybe get the ear of a politician a little bit easier if it's just like look we're the ones that actually show up and do stuff look everyone's scared of us they've got you know, we got all this media coverage. We'll look at all these clips of whatever. Right. Like we can, we we can do that for you, but we need some, you know, classic political power broking, right? But but creating sort of this larger than life perception is extremely common on the far yeah. right because right. if you look at polling on what they actually believe, it's not popular. Like I, so you have to like create the perception that you are more acceptable than you are generally. Right. And, and then use that to try to leverage your way to like get into more rooms or have more of a lane to run in politically. Right. Which is kind of like bittersweet because on one hand, like I remember like locally, right in Glendale, there was huge clashes with people who were merely just trying to be like, uh, let's not criminalize like curriculum that acknowledges like LGBTQ people. And you had all these like, extremists out there with their like protect our kids nonsense but a lot of people who like locally monitor like the extremists right here like it's the same like seven to twelve people who just change shirts show up at another thing and scare the shit out of people because they're like damn like there's a group for this there's a group for this but a lot of it to your point is just to sort of project this sort of like idea that it's like they're there's they are numerous and they are legion. They're everywhere. When, yeah. 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 That like to the and that like which is frightening because you think like, holy shit, even where I live. But on the other side, to make it bittersweet, you're like, OK, this is a tactic, obviously, because that is it's all about the perception because perception is reality. And if they have if they're perceived to be this like larger than life group, then maybe the reactions that they're going to get from people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can fucking fuck with this or step to this kind of kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just want to like say all that with the caveat that like one person can be dangerous. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, of course. Like, a, like, even if these people aren't actually, like, under the sewer grates, like, ready to jump up and snatch you off the street or whatever, like, right. it's, these groups can still cause a lot of harm. Right. Like, especially violence committed in the name of hate or whatever can really, really impact communities in, like, very profound ways, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, like, say any of that to minimize sure, sure, sure. the risk or threat here, right? But, like, it also is important if we think about, like, what to do about it to realize that, like, the source of these problems that might seem really big, like you said, it's the same 12 guys, right? Right. So just taking us off topic for a second, we, like, what they believe is not popular, but then when you look at the polls for the, and obviously we don't, like, put a ton of stock into polls, but the polls for the 2024 presidential election would have Trump like winning again, I guess, possibly partially because Biden is so unpopular. But like, how do you square these small numbers of people who are thinking very strategically, but like using, you know, basically smoke and mirrors to make themselves seem more popular, more mainstream to people who are willing to vote? for trump at this point when he has gone like fully down the rabbit hole of being you know just yeah. buying into his own conspiracies and steering into the death cult that w wants him as its sort of messiah figure yeah i i mean the way i think about it is and i have to remind myself this all the time which is that like not everybody 
is like terminally addicted to news like right, I sure am, right like like the same way that i like know jack shit about movies and hollywood it's like what a lot of people are like towards politics where they're just like oh yeah who's that? like you, you could put like lindsey graham on the screen and people will be like yeah he he's like a politician right? is that john lithgow you know <laughs> so like, yeah 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 so i think that you know kind of the stories that the campaign tells is going to be a lot more important sort of the vibe they generate and you know i heard this like political pollster consultant guy i forget his name but he he said something that sort of stuck with me a while ago which is that like a lot of times presidential elections are just reflections on who's currently in office if people right. are unhappy with like biden that's you know just as likely to push someone to vote for trump rather than you know versus like a really deep committed thing where he's like, oh, you know, Trump said he won all 50 states. And you know what? I think that's true. And that's why right. I'm going to vote for Trump. You know, right. I, I think it's I think a lot of people just don't get that deep into it, which is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm not saying everybody has to get as deep as me. God, no, please don't. But like, <laughs> you know, I, I do wish there was maybe like a little bit better political. It's not political civics, like just yeah. just more engaged civics in the U.S., you know, because sure, yeah. there's more of us than them. Right. And yeah. And like to this point, it's people are like, oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what half of these policies are. I just like the I don't know. I just, I just like Trump more. Like, I, I couldn't tell you what systemic oppression looks like. And so I'm not necessarily like explicitly signing up for that. I just I just don't care. But also I like the vibe here, I think, is, yeah, definitely one way people are voting. Um, but like, in, I guess in terms of like, recruiting now because like obviously on its face some of like obviously a lot of well, most if not all of their ideologies like repugnant to most like normal people what's like now the way they're like okay shit it didn't work when we're wearing like nazi uniforms in public what is the how can we bring more people into this in a way that seems more palatable like that's is this all sort of like this is kind of why this active clubs movement is like on the rise yeah i mean that's part of it and like the whole white supremacist movement isn't doing this, but they all seem to be like kind of generally like curious or at the very least like kind of indifferent to it. it. It's long been a recruiting tactic of white supremacists to kind of pick out like guys uh, and, and usually men specifically that, you know, are maybe kind of like down, if that makes sense. You know, they they just their life just kind of isn't working out, whatever, and, and right. they're looking for something to fill it. And they say check it out. I got something to fill it. It's right. uh, hate. Right. So, you know, it, along comes active clubs, which have been around for a little bit, but really, really seem to have taken off in the last year. And active clubs, part of it sounds fine, right? You meet up with your bros, you work out, you're, you know, form these strong male friendships and bonds. Sounds cool, right? Right. Not yeah. so fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and essentially, like all these guys get together, they get that sense of camaraderie, they get, you know, some level of self-improvement, and then they are just bludgeoned and like indoctrinated and also with very intense white supremacist or, you know, just outright fascistic philosophy and, right. and outlook. And some of these groups have, you know, felt emboldened by that you know gotten to a point where they're feel kind of feeling themselves and they're going out and getting involved in you know 
uh, there was a mayoral election in Tennessee where one of the active clubs got like really plugged into it. Uh, a lot of them are showing up alongside other white supremacist groups for protests and, you know, dropping banners down the sides of highways and waving signs around and whatnot. So, you know, it, it's it's really kind of taken off in the last year. And uh, it's it, it's very it's like some of the Nazis are getting buff now. Right. Right. So, so it's, I remember it's like a simplistic way to put it. But yeah, I remember there was like a group in Orange County that were just like these brawler, like neo-Nazi dudes. And that was like, I think the first time I had seen it sort of framed as like, no, these guys like get together to like box and do like jujitsu and shit just so they can go out into the streets and just, you know, attack people. But like using like those skills that they're cultivating as this group to explicitly deploy against people like the LGBTQ community or like against Jewish people or whatever their, their targeted group is. And yeah, like it's now, like it's to the point where it seems like from the report that came out from ISD, it's like, it's really blowing up in the Pacific Northwest, New England and the Southeast now. Yeah. Yeah. And they are trying to get it to replicate everywhere else too, but it's, um, it's really caught on in those areas. A lot of those areas have, you know, these, sort of historical contacts with the far right. I think maybe they have a little bit more like social space to operate in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of it is also just like the people doing this, where do they live? You know, they all right. live in this certain area. But yeah, there, there's like a few parts of the country where they're sort of concentrated there. And then just generally recruiting, like the active clubs do this the same way other groups do in movements do right like because not everybody in the far right is in some like group where they have a membership card and like show up to meetings or whatever. Right. most of them aren't i would say it, it's just this portrayal not necessarily initially is like you have to come come be a white supremacist because white supremacy is awesome right? right a lot of it has to do with you know othering and then projecting hate and grievances onto uh, out groups, which are often minority groups in these cases. So it's, you know, essentially the argument is like the world is just so fucked up that what are you going to do? If you go along with this, you're going to get destroyed. Right. Come with us. We'll help you out. You know, we'll we're going to fight back against this and we're going to do, you know, counteract this modern grievance that we have. And yeah, I, I mean, that that's used in these groups that's used sort of across the extremist spectrum generally to get people in the movement it's like it's all centered on like the like what you're opposing rather than right. like a, a very clear and coherent like direction forward do you see this working to the extent of like that there we're in danger of seeing this thing just like take off in a second Trump presidency because I think a lot of people are coming to terms with the fact that like a second Trump presidency is a real possibility. We feel like there's going to be more shamelessness, like more just open aggression on his behalf and on behalf of his administration. But do you, do you like how, how do you see like these these things interacting with, you know, that that possibility? Um, I mean, we saw extremist groups get really bold during the first Trump administration. And I think a lot of that had to do with things that Trump was saying. It had to do with 
stuff that was happening behind the scenes, like, you know, defunding task forces, looking at domestic extremism and that sort of thing. Right. That essentially gave like a longer leash to to these folks. They were kind of feeling themselves thinking, you know, OK, we're really getting somewhere. We, you know, have a popular political movement on our side. Here we go. Some extremists, like some of the more like really, really hardcore ones are not huge on Trump, but kind of still dig a little bit what he represents. I, I definitely think it's possible that, you know, a, a lot of these movements just kind of go buck wild, you know, if it's right. like a gloves are off moment. Right. Because right. if you look at the Trump campaign, how it exists now and sort of like how it looks like it's about to manifest ahead of next year, the whole theme is like. You're mad at the state of the world. Well, I'm your retribution, right? Like, come with me, come on the journey that I'm on, and then this is how we're gonna get those motherfuckers, right? And that's like, the I'm same. A, mes- I'm gonna that's fuck the, them up for you. Like, vote for the, me, right? That is the same message these groups send to people they're trying to recruit. So I wow. think even if it does, you know, will there be an active club on every block? Probably not, right? Um, like things are trending away from like really tightly like hierarchical groups in the extremist movement at the moment but the general like energy of them and the general like tactics and to some extent like vision or shared enemy that they perceive like that i could see that getting really energized so i think you know while active clubs are like a a important piece of this equation they're getting bolder and showing up at you know, city councils and and kind of getting out in the wild a little bit more and posing, you know, specific, you know, really immediate threats to people in the broader schemes of things. I think that, you know, in a second Trump presidency, unless things just radically change overnight, uh, we could see a lot of sort of the animating forces behind this stuff really just like scream out and burn bright. Yeah. Happy stuff. Yeah. And that's so horrifying. Yeah. Uh, and I think as we all look towards next year and being like, oh, fuck, man, like what what are we in for this time? You know, I, I know you talked about Dinesh D'Souza's latest, quote unquote, whatever film you want to whatever you want to call it. Cinematic masterpiece is what I. Prefer. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Criterion Collection. But like you were saying, like about how much is like about vibes, you know, that are being put out there. And I feel like there's a there's probably something we can learn right from this Dinesh D'Souza piece of trash work of media that's come out that is maybe a little bit instructive or at least can indicate sort of where rhetorically this like movement is headed, at least into next year. Can you like just sort of talk about that? I mean, I know broadly what this thing was about, but unlike you, I did not actually do the work to subject myself to watch the whole two hours of it this is police state right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. to be clear the work was spending twenty dollars and giving up two hours of yeah precious time that the and you won't get those two hours back and i apologize but yeah yeah you know but now make it worth something for us (laughs) i'll I'll have to explain that to my grandkids one day yeah yeah. right right your grandpappy spent two hours watching this bullshit i saw your (laughs) credit card statements are you sure you weren't into like right wing stuff no i was monitoring ah i can't keep telling you kids this shit but yeah what what is police state kind of showing us like what what kind of glimpse is it giving us so, Police State was put out by Dinesh D'Souza, Dan Bongino, biggest head in the right-wing commentary game. Literally. In a literal sense, yeah. And it's, like the name suggests, it seeks to answer the question, 
is the U.S. becoming a police state? It it answers the question for itself, like <laughs> the first like five minutes of the movie, right. where they're just like, is it becoming a police state? And Dan Bongino's like, hell yeah, brother, it sure is. And it's like, okay, cool. So <laughs> right, cool. And thanks for your twenty bucks. There's, there's another hour and fifty minutes to go, but. <laughs> So it kind of goes around talking to all these different cranks. Some are just like weird internet personalities. Some are like one of them is a guy who got fired from the Trump White House for speaking at a conference with white nationalists, which like, you know, had to be bad to get fired out of that Trump administration for that. Mm. You've got people like Julie Kelly in there who have made a shit ton of money and fame doing like January 6th revisionism. Uh, And it's all kind of trying to put together this argument through different stories of conservative activists getting, you know, punished by law enforcement, Trump getting investigated by federal law enforcement and charged with crimes, you know, the way that some January 6th uh, defendants, you know, experienced arrests and stuff to all say that the United States, yes, is becoming a police state and it's, you know, Democrats that are doing it and republicans are actually opposed to it and trump oh he is he's the biggest victim of it all right you know? right and, and it's a very american thing to be like scared of your government and to like i think just in your heart a little bit hate it and i i do think that you know it's the stuff that was said in the movie like is stuff that's been said in the pro-trump movement like ad nauseum for right the last year and a half at least probably the last two years so it's not that like there's a whole lot of new stuff in this movie but for the people that that aren't like terminally online i'm thinking of the people that actually like show up to shit in your local republican party office or your like local you know remnant of a tea party conservative group that has a lot of sway in the state elections or whatever Mm -hmm. they watch this stuff right they're right. getting their talking points from this stuff. And Dinesh D'Souza is like very close to Trump world. Dan Bongino is very close to Trump world. So I, when I was watching this, it wasn't necessarily that I was just like, oh my God, where are they getting this from? Right, <laughs> right, right, I've, right. I've heard all this stuff like forever, but, or it feels like forever anyway. But the way that it was packaged, right. I thought was, I hate to say it, but it was like one of D'Souza's better movies in terms of just sheer production value. And I do wonder, like, what... If you're, like, a Republican that hasn't fully drank the Kool-Aid, will this resonate with you at all? Or is this, like, a movie by Cranks for Cranks, right? Right. Yeah, Yeah, because it seems like at the end, it's sort of like, these people are getting, like, in trouble with law enforcement for breaking laws. It's a police state. It's kind of like the distillation of it. But I can see how some people who are clearly, like, sort of, on the like rhetorically they're like no whatever trump does isn't a crime this is actually this is just they're they're coming for us because i'm in that i have that worldview is that they're coming for us and i feel like that probably very neatly overlaps with that especially to have people who are they're like no i'm like it happened to me and that's why you the viewer should also be tuned into this yeah the world is changing in ways you don't like but if you do something about it the police are going to come for you and the only way to fix this is electing republicans it's kind of like the message of this movie and yeah, like you pointed out, like a lot of the retellings in this movie of people that were like supposedly targeted by the deep state mm-hmm. really don't explain why. 
It's just right. like, they came after me and attacked me because I, I was a mom who's vocal in my community. <laughs> Right. No, because right. hard cut. I was a yeah. mom who. <laughs> no, yeah, I. Don't, sorry. Don't Actually, you were involved in a like you were implicated indirectly in a plot to like steal voting machines. That's why right. the FBI showed right. up at your house. Right. Like, you came with someone who like presented themselves as law enforcement to gain access to machines, and now you're like, well, I didn't know. Well, and now <laughs> it, 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 I guess it's my turn. But yeah, how it, could it, they do that? Yeah, yeah, for real. It's uh. Yeah, all of it adds up, you know, for a very, very, you know, I feel we're just, we just got to buckle up again. It's like, I thought 2020 just happened and I was like, this is going to be a fucking nightmare, but we're, we're, we're fully stepping into another one now between just everything that is happening online in physical space. And like, even with Trump's trial, you can see how much it's energizing people too, because he fully now gets to be like, here it is, folks. They're trying to do everything to me while most of us are like, is, it, is anything going to happen to him? <laughs> like, will it? Who knows? Yeah. And when it does, they feel like this sort of propaganda seems like it has him positioned to actually benefit from when he actually faces consequences, because then they'll just be like, see, we told you it's all right. part well, of the well, conspiracy. Jan, if they can put a president in jail for doing crimes, think of what they can do to you when you do yeah. crimes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> law and order though law wait and order, i always though. thought that people got in trouble for doing crimes it is kind of a brilliant strategy because they get to star in a spy movie that isn't really happening so they just like get the fun and none of the consequences like yeah. they're like it, there's this anecdote from mother jones article like who somebody who went to see the film in theaters because it was out for like two days and uh oh, the author state. Yeah, Police yeah. State, the D Dinesh D'Souza film. The author says, perhaps the most unsettling part of the film occurs at the end when D'Souza calls on the audience yeah, to sing yeah. the national <laughs> anthem in solidarity with the January 6th political prisoners, one of whom is portrayed by an actor wearing an orange jumpsuit. All around me, so this is in the theater, all around me, people jumped and chanted USA, USA, and then they sang along. As we exited the theater, I overheard a guy urging his friends to cover their faces on the way out because obviously the deep state would be there watching. They'll be taking pictures, he warned, to which his friend replied, I'm surprised I haven't gotten a knock on the door already. Oh, boy. But it's like, yeah, so this allows them to like cosplay as... Like a victim, yeah, yeah, but victim, victims, also victim, like, got to be victim, yeah, but also gotta cool be spy, yeah, cool spy, Simon and True Lies, you know, <laughs> yeah, for but me. well, Jared, it's I wish I could say it's been fun, but it's been very <laughs> enlightening, uh, and we really appreciate you doing the work of kind of monitoring this stuff and uh, letting us know what what's happening because it feels like we're we're on the precipice of some other bullshit. Uh, this time. So, so thank you for uh, helping fill us in. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Uh, I'm on Twitter and blue sky at Jared L. Holt. But what's way more important is that you go to Instagram and follow my dog at Pierre Turbo. He's a okay. 9.8 pound Pomeranian. He's way cooler than me. And if you've listened to this point in the show, you've heard enough of this shit. So like, Definitely go check out my dog for a little go bit. Go check out Pierre. Pierre and then Turbo. Catch, you can catch up with me later somewhere else. Yeah. 
I thought you were gonna be like, it's more important that you go follow the Institute for Strategic Dialogue. I love. Oh, that's that's probably that's probably what I should have said. Huh? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm following your dog. That's helpful. Uh, is there a work of media that you've been enjoying? One of the shows that I did watch was on Netflix. The like Get John Gotti docu series. That was really good and that was really entertaining. That's like classic, you know, New York mob history. And I'm I have like a I'm always like fascinated by that stuff. So it's yeah, yeah, recommend that. That was good. Nice. Awesome. Uh Miles, where can people find you? Is there work media you've been enjoying? Uh find me on the at base platforms at Miles of Gray. Uh and also find Jack and I on our very not news politics or news and politics podcast. Miles and Jack, Miles and Jack, Jack boosties, got Mad Boosties, where we talk about the game of basketball. Uh and also you can find me on uh what is it? Uh 420 Day Fiance. Check that out. Um, let's see. A a tweet I like. Uh this is from Lucas Fabraro at Lucas Fabraro. Uh was like uh replying to just like a like someone was showing how a, a New York Times headlines is how like the passive voice is just so wild. It's because like it said New York Times explosion Gazan say was airstrike leaves many casualties in dense neighborhood. Like, I'm sorry, what explosion, explosion they call Gazan air stay. Huh? Uh, and then Leaves. Lucas did a photoshopped looks like a New York Times cover on September 12th, 2001 with the Twin Towers. It says explosion happens. Twin Towers damaged. Witnesses report planes flying overhead. Uh, <laughs> and that's what that looks like. But yeah, it feels like a very it's kind of what we're dealing with now. If we look at how some could of the, the how could the planes do that? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what were they? How, how could the explosion yeah. Do that. Yeah, like yeah. just the lack of clarity. It's just so it's so insidious, man. Yeah. It's and yeah. when you learn journalism in school, like they teach you not to do this. There's really yeah, right. no good excuse for this. Truly. Tweet I've been enjoying. Mariana Z tweeted, Did you know if you lose a sock in the dryer, it comes back as a Tupperware lid that doesn't fit any of your containers? <laughs> <laughs> that explains fucking everything. Wow. In my adult life. Do you keep also, them? You keep those lids? Oh, I know yeah, what you're no. talking about. I oh. I rage quit them. I got a shed full of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that storage unit filled with it. Can't even open the door. Yeah. I also like this tweet from Dave Itzkoff. He retweeted an, a still image from the New York Marathon. And it had Helen O'Beary, uh, who's one of the runners. And it says, born on December 13th, 1989, parentheses, same day as Taylor Swift. And David Scoff was like, work your angle, NYC Marathon. <laughs> Which, it's just like all the sports are like, how do we relate sports to Taylor Swift? Right. Find a runner Jesus. who has the same birthday. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode. Well, this is a song we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Uh, I was listening. So, you know, Tame Impala is obviously Kevin Parker. But everybody in that band, they're also in like a ton of other bands. So if you like Tame Impala, there's a chance that one of these offshoot bands you would also like. Case in point is Gum, which is led by, I believe he's like the guitar, like one of the lead guitar players in Tame Impala. And this track is called Glamorous Damage. And if you like 
the tame tame impala vibes you're definitely gonna fuck with this track so this is glamorous damage by gum g-u-m damn all right yeah, well the daily zyka is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is gonna do it for us this morning we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending yep. and we will talk to y'all then bye bye Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zyke gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.